millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. Welcome into 2022. It's the Palazzo Podcast, the first episode of our show. It's season three. Yippee! Two L's, two Z's, though. It's season three, but it's still two L's, two Z's. Utah. That doesn't change. Phil Goyette's here for our Prospects Power Half Hour. Happy New Year, Phil. Welcome in from Ireland. How are you? Good. Good. Uh, Was in Galway this morning. Uh, Had a fun day in Galway, and then we took the train back to Dublin this evening. So it was. It was beautiful. It was a great day. Fantastic. That sounds like fun. I don't know Galway at all, but uh, I would like to. Fantastic city. Fantastic city. I did see a red bar with like a red trim outside. That looked pretty cool. Yeah. Tig Tig Choli. Tig Choli was the name of the bar, which means. Tig Choli. Which means Choli's house. Oh, okay. Choli's house. Well, hey, this is Govier and Goyette's house today, and we'll talk prospects. We're going to talk about first-year player drafts for Dynasty, some supplemental information that you may need. Uh, Where are you at with your Dynasty right now, Phil? Um, I've got to get – I'm the commish, so i got a couple leagues to get moving with some FYPD. We we have one where we split it kind of like the real baseball well. Real baseball, at least prior to the CBA that's coming up. So who knows if they change it or not. But we split it so we have a rule four draft where you can only pick like the rule four guys that come out of college or high school. And then ah. the international the international guys, we actually have an auction that we run on a separate site and everybody gets the same auction budget. So that's like real life where you go do international signings. Uh, so if you want, you could be like the Yankees and uh, never have real high draft picks, but get a bunch of guys in international free agency. Uh, or you could be like, or you could be like the Orioles used to be, and say, forget it, I'm not doing any international free agents, and you can trade all that money away if you want. So, <laughs> kind of a nice wow. wrinkle, a split uh, between the two. 
Um, but who knows if that's going to stick around with the CBA or if that we're going to have an international draft or there's a lot of stuff that could change. Or you can be like the Tigers and just spend a bunch of money and try to win a World Series. Go Tigers! But it doesn't always work out. So. Yeah. And have um, a terrible farm system until recently. It's gotten a lot better in the last two years. It absolutely has. I'm just saying, I'm thinking the last 10 years, you know, it was never anything good there. We've covered this before. The Stephen Moyas and those type of players, you know, that didn't really pan out. Uh, Andy Dirks, you know, Andy Dirks sells real estate around here now. I learned that a couple oh. of months ago or something. I was on a plane. Somehow I learned that. Or somebody told me they were on a plane with Andy Dirks and he sells real estate and he's very happy now. So good for you, Andy Dirks. <laughs> I'm glad he's happy. That's the... I am. I hope he's... Just living the dream. The life he always wanted to live. Uh, we're really excited about 2022. We're going to be doing this every week. Uh, Phil is committed. I'm committed. So we're here for you. And if you ever have questions, you can DM Phil at Phil of Sports, P-H-I-L of Sports. And I'm at MJ Govier on Twitter. G-O-V is in Victor I-E-R. We have the live stream chat here. You can throw in questions yeah. anytime you want. Remember, it's just 30 minutes or less. So... Take advantage of the opportunity. Phil is back here. In fact, Phil, I wanted to ask you, the last time I popped on real quick to do the show, just to say hello to everybody, just to let you know that we're still here, somebody jumped on with a question about Austin Hendrick? Austin Kendrick? Is this familiar to you, one of these guys? Austin Hendrick, the uh, kid for the Reds. Is that correct? I have no Which idea. Is- I remember this being, I think it was even Helmet, our, our good friend of the show, Helmut. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yep, Cincinnati Reds, a ball, left-handed outfielder. Um, he's a prep, I think, from Pennsylvania. You might have to fact check me on that one. Um, but if you want, we can do this live. I can actually put his stats from full season last year into my little calculator, uh, oh. which I have open. My little calculator Boy. spreadsheet. I wish I had some beep boop uh, numbers. I should have that sound effect. Beep, boop, boop, boop. And we can, uh, if I can paste it in here correctly, you can see my working face right now. It's probably hilarious. Uh, I can, I can paste <laughs> it in. It's just weird to we see you without like a hat. The... That's what's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen you without a hat. I feel like you're always wearing a baseball hat of some type. Some kind of shock to uh, see the receding hairline. Uh, okay, so I just put it in to my spreadsheet here. So Austin Hedrick last year in low A. Uh, I have his estimated X Woba at 349, which is good. That's above average. Um, and his estimated barrel percentage at 10.6%. So that's also good above average. Uh, usually with the estimated barrels, I would try to focus on guys who are at least double digits. So he'd meet that criteria. Um, and if you look at like what goes into those numbers, the things that the estimators like, uh, his isolated slugging was 177 which is at least above average. Uh, you, I usually look for like 200 or above for isolated slugging, but 177, pretty strong. Uh, home, home run to fly ball percentage, 13.2%. Uh, so again, double digits, not, not great, but not bad either. Um, and then fly ball percentage. Those are the three things that go into estimated barrels. So fly ball percentage, almost 50%. So that's good. So he's getting a lot of fly balls. Uh, he Yay! took a lot of walks, 19.2% walk rate. Uh, I got his line drive right here, 22.9%. That's very good. Um, he did strike out a lot, um, but yeah. he's also productive with all the strikeouts. So in the event that he can make a little bit more contact, there's probably a ton to like here with him. So 
Austin Hendrick is a good name to know. Um, and he's still only 20 years old. Uh, was a first-round pick in 2020 for the Reds. Um, I would keep him on a watch list. I'd keep him on a watch list with that power potential. Watch Austin Hendrick of the Reds. There it is. Phil on the fly. Just filled you that guys in. That was on the fly, though. Yeah. That, that was way on the fly, and it was really well done. And it was from a couple weeks ago. So kudos to Phil. That's what Phil does here. If you guys want to ask questions about it, that's what we want you to do here so uh today we're going to talk about first year player drafts and there's always players available we'll talk more about that don't forget plaza podcast sub the youtube channel i want to say quickly thank you to many of you who have subscribed we really had a nice push there at the end of the year we got to 164 Woo! it's a big deal for us i mean i like it it's an all-time high so whatever the new all-time high is makes us feel good so thank you to you that's right you we aim high on the Palazzo Podcast. We always strive for the very, very best and to get the most out of each show with each and every one of you feeling like you learned something. Aim high, Willis. Aim high. Woo! All right, so having said all that, let's go for 200 subs next. We'll get there. All right, Phil. Yeah, and let's. Uh, I'm thinking, too, let's get people tagging us on Twitter. If you got questions on prospects throughout the week when it pops in your head or, or you got like a screenshot of your team or something, just post it on Twitter, tag us, tag the Palazzo podcast, tag me, tag Govier, and uh, we'll make sure to talk about it on air if you can't be live with us in the chat or whatever. Absolutely. Completely agree with that. That's a great idea. You don't have to DM us privately. Let's get the conversation going so we get as many people involved as possible so that you can have yeah. so much information that you have no idea what decision to make. It's a great way to do it. I like it. All right. So, Phil, uh, dynasty-wise, I feel like I am stuck in a situation right now where we're, I think we're still waiting on a few things in my dynasty leagues. So yeah. we haven't, we're not going to do our first year player draft yet. And it's kind of a bummer because of the CBA situation. The lockout is preventing everybody from moving forward. But having said that, we're still going to be coming up with our first year player draft sooner or later. So uh, where do we stand now? And what can we look forward to? What are some ways to really be useful with your first year player selections? Yeah, um, that's an interesting thing that you bring up that it makes me think that it's different for every league. So some people do it uh, like their their draft, like right after the MLB draft in the summer. Uh, some people, you do it early in the offseason. I've been in a lot of leagues where usually it's like a more of a January, February thing before the season starts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, one thing I would say is know how much time you have before you have to make the decisions. The more information you can get, the better. So it's it's nice if you have like that summer's worth of information and professional ball that you can look at. Don't discount those stats at all. I would look start digging into the stats as soon as the guy starts putting up professional stat lines if he can. So really, okay, uh, that's one thing to think about. Um, so what we had in the notes was I actually did a pretty deep study where I looked at a number of players in the real MLB draft over the last, I think it was five years or so um, to just kind of get a feel for how many future relevant players there would be in the draft every year. And this is just in the major league draft. I'm talking about not talking about any international free agent signings. So just guys that come through the draft. And I think the big takeaway for me from doing the research was that you'd be surprised how many, future relevant players come in through the draft every year. Um, Hmm. So like if you look at it in the traditional 
2080 scale grades, like a 50 grade, 60 grade, 70 grade guys. Those are kind of the guys that you would be interested in for fantasy purposes. So a 50 grade guy is like an everyday major league player. Um, Or another way you can think of those guys are guys who play and make it to free agency. So like make it through the first three years of their rookie deal, then make it through the three years of ARB uh, or or three or four years, depending when they get called up um, and then get a free agent deal. And there are like 30 of those guys that come into the league every year through the draft. 30. Yeah. Hmm. Way more than what I anticipated. That's fascinating. Uh, Christian Crespo's popping in. Christian's a Christian really knows his prospects. He's a great dude. Someone I just gotten to know recently. He's doing a show on, uh, well, a video, series of videos on the Triple Play Podcast Network, the Triple Play okay. Fantasy Network. So you can check those out when he starts doing those with Marty Tallman, who's our local Detroit pal who we love. Tigers. And, of course, show. shout out to both you guys. Show. Christian says, sweet spot in the first-year player draft. Who is a sleeper you're looking to target? Sweet spot. Mm. That's always fun to know. And Jasper's here. Hey, Jasper, how you doing, buddy? Good to see you. Happy hey, New Jasper. Year. What is the sweet spot in the first-year player draft, Phil? Do we know that yet? Um, I don't know where exactly I'd want to pick. I'm usually game to trade down and get more picks in the first. Like, if you can turn your high first-round pick into three or four picks in the first two rounds, I think that's usually a good move. Uh, Based on, like I said, this research, you're looking at, just through the MLB draft, about 40 guys that are going to be relevant. So there is a good amount of players that can pop. Um, and then if you throw in the internationals, you're talking more like 60 to 70 guys that could be re- everyday regular MLB players that come in every year to your dynasty league system. So if you can accumulate picks within that first like 60 to 75 guys, mm-hmm. as many picks as you can get in that range, that's kind of where you want to be playing at. I would say that's kind of your sweet spot. Um, I put uh, in the show notes – a guy I really like as a sleeper, and I don't even think you're going to have to reach at all for him because, number one, I don't think a lot of people know a lot about him. And, number two, he got selected by the Rockies, and he's a pitcher. So, usually people try to avoid those Rocky pitchers anyway, which is not a not a terrible um, plan to have for Dynasty Leagues. Like, <laughs> you don't have to pick a Rockies pitcher. You're not the Rockies, right? Um, but I, I really like this guy. I like this guy. His name is Joe Rock. And, of course, Joe Rock got uh, picked by the Rockies, which is great. Yeah. No way. Baseball's done it again. Unbelievable. Wow. Right? Joe Rock for for the Rockies uh, is a left-handed pitcher that pitched for the Ohio University Bobcats of the Mac. So a little more Maction. We've been talking Mac pitchers, I think, the last couple weeks. Uh, but I really Athens, like Athens, Ohio. Uh, yeah. Couldn't tell you where that was on the map. Y'all love Athens. Oh, Athens? Oh, Athens like, is like a middle, little lower Ohio. Middle, yeah. It's kind of in between somewhere, Cincinnati and Columbus. Somewhere towards the back of Ohio. Uh, and why do they have <laughs> yeah, like 300 universities in that state, by the way? Um, but They so do Joe have a Mac, ton of schools. He's a funky left-hander that I really liked. Um, pitched a no hitter in college this past year from for Ohio. Fastball is a tough look. You'll see if you watch tape. The angle's not not fun for hitters to have to deal with. Um, he can touch ninety five. 
throws a back foot slider that's really effective. But he's just got like a pitchability thing to him that I really like. I think he's just going to be hard to deal with. And pitchers like that, uh, you shouldn't have to pay anything for him. You can draft him really late. And I think he'll be pitching in the major leagues within the next two years. So that would be my deep, deep sleeper for first-year player drafts. Ooh, okay. Benny Montgomery. What about him? Is he's another Rocky? I'm just going with the Rockies here. Yeah. Is this somebody who uh, could be a deep play? You know, he's kind of like Hendrick in that he's a athletic and powerful uh, prep bat that the Rockies took. Um, and the, I think the question with Benny is whether the hit tool is going to be there. So it seems like he's going to have the power and the athleticism. Um, but there's some maybe some hitching in the swing um, and just some questions surrounding the hit tool. So you might just have to wait and see. He wouldn't be somebody I would be diving at or reaching to get. I would say that. Yeah, dive in. Let's dive in. Well, what about in your opinion, Phil? Because people want to know your opinion here on the Plaza Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Utah. We want to know. Give me two. Who is like the guy that you want? this year in the first year player draft, the guy that you yeah. just have to have. Yep. So if you're looking at the research every year, there's usually about one guy that's going to be like the 70 grade guy. That's like a perennial all-star. There's usually one of those in every draft. And so you really want to do your research and decide who's going to be that guy each year. And if somehow you can get your hands on him, even if you're picking lower, then you can trade away all your prospects because you can get new ones each year. It's great. Uh, God makes new prospects every year, which is awesome. Uh, so I sure think does. this year, if I'm picking one, just like one guy to be the guy, no margin for error. Um, and I kind of surprised myself because I didn't think this going into the draft, but I think it's Brady House of the Washington Nationals. Wow. Ooh. Shocking. That is a shocker to some, but maybe not to everybody. There's a lot of love. A lot of passion, I think, for him in the prospect community in certain yeah. sects. They're like, they're just all in on Brady House. Yeah, he, um, I think the power is just really legit. Um, so that's the first thing you got to look for because it's almost impossible in fantasy baseball to be an elite performer without um, at least 30 home run power. Maybe you can get by with. 20 homers, 40 stolen bases, and like a 320 batting average, like the Charlie Blackman $40, $40 year. Like that could happen, but generally Ooh. you want guys that can hit 30 to 40 home runs. And I think House absolutely has that. Um, I ran the numbers on the estimated ex-WOBA and barrel percentage for his professional debut, and they were just excellent, man. He really hit the snot out of the ball. 387 ex-WOBA and 14% estimated barrel rate in the complex. Mm. So he, he took to professional hitting with the wood bat. No problem. Like he had been born to do it. Like he was born to play. Um, he's a great athlete. He's really strong, very broad shouldered. If you see him, he kind of looks like that dude that, uh, skipped leg day. Like his legs, his legs aren't real <laughs> big, but he's, he's sort of built like a triangle. Um, so really broad shouldered, <laughs> like he's got a coat hanger and then the tiny waist. Uh, and he's a shortstop for now. Um, I think there was a lot of concern as to whether he's going to stick at short or not. Um, and maybe that had him slide down on the real life draft board a little bit, but for us dynasty players, that doesn't matter unless you're playing in a stratomatic league or something, but uh, there, and then you also have the chance that 
maybe he moves to third base but still plays a little shortstop which was actually even better for dynasty players because then you get two positions from him so i think brady house would be my pick to be the guy so are you saying that it's possible that he's triangle man <laughs> triangle man triangle man triangle man hates particle man triangle i don't know man. Yeah. Yeah, that is Triangle Man. Classic from the 90s. Definitely a very 90s specific song right there. Particle Man, but also Triangle Man. And then there's Universe Man, too. Who's, I want to know who's Universe Man, but the way you're talking about Brady House actually gives me the feel that he is Universe Man as well, and he's going to be an ideal selection to focus on that you probably can't go wrong with. Even if he doesn't pan out to the elite end of what you're saying, he should still be pretty damn good. Yeah, I think if I had the one one overall fypd pick first thing i would do is i would try and trade it down and get two picks but if you can't do that i think i'm taking brady house there wow there it is folks remember always know if the juice is worth the squeeze this is a really important lesson for all of us when it comes to prospects we should always know if the juice is worth the squeeze because once you try to squeeze it out if nothing comes back and you're just left with a parched mouth, you're kind of screwed. Uh, we got a couple of comments here we need to chime in. We got Dangly Pants saying, hey, first time tuning in. I'm loving the sound effects. Dangly Pants, Dangly Pants, sub this I'm- channel right now. Sub it right now and never, ever go anywhere else because you have found the place you need to be, especially for fantasy baseball because our regular show is just like this. We love the sound effects. We love drops. We're always going to do it. And then... We don't always get this kind of feedback. A lot of people get pissed about that stuff. So I'm grateful to see somebody says, I love the sound effects. Woo-hoo! Thank you, Dangly Pants. Welcome to the show. And then Christian has some questions, Phil. What are your thoughts on James yeah. Triantos and Zach Geoff? Geoff? G-E-I-O-F? I don't know how to say that. And I apologize, Zach. Both second-round picks, Chicago and Oakland. Cubs, that is. Polished hit tool with Triantos out of high school, and then tons of raw power for Geoff out of Virginia. Thank you, Christian. Yeah. We love you, Christian. You're um, right. Geloff? I think it was Geloff. Oh, crap. Me on Am him. I a moron? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's an L. I'm Gelof. an idiot. Holy cow, guys. I, I am rusty, like, clearly. Look how rusty I am. I've been off for so long, not doing Palazzo Podcast. I got a lot of work to do. I got to go back into the training room and work harder. But yes, Geloff. Sorry. I, it makes me think of uh, fam- famed Irish musician Bob Geldoff of mm. the Boomtown Rants. Hey, we just had Christmas. Uh, so, yeah, we just had the Christmas yeah. song that he wrote. Yeah, yeah. Do they know it's Christmas time? And oh, I love that song. That's one of my favorite Christmas songs, actually. Yeah, he's a legend. Um, so, But I honestly, I'm stumped on him. So I, I would have to research Geloff. I couldn't tell you anything off the top of my head. Uh, honestly. Triantos was a guy I was looking at maybe snagging in that Dynasty startup draft, mock draft we did in Rotowire. And you'll have to check me, but I'm 97% sure on this one. I think James Anderson of Rotowire took Triantos in that startup. So I think he's a guy with a lot of helium right now. Uh, could be a potential steal for the for the cubes in the second. I think he picked him in the second round. Um, lots to like. Good plate approach, good power, uh, could play shortstop. So Triantos is a really good sleeper name to keep in mind. But I would say 
once you get past maybe the first round in your FYPD, I wouldn't worry about sticking to any kind of like established ADP or lists. If you have a guy that you like at that point, just start popping them. Just start taking the guys that you want um, after the first round. Because the last thing you want to do is sit on a name that you think's going to get carried to the next round and someone else has the same idea as you. And then you're just, you know, you're going to hate yourself if that if the guy pops. <laughs> I don't want anybody to hate themselves, but I do want your guys to pop. In fact, that means a lot to me, and I would love to see that happen. In my first-year player draft last year in my main dynasty, which is really my only dynasty because I don't want to overload myself. I, I would love to play more dynasty, yeah. but there's just, you know how it is. It, you don't want to get too deep and lost and then not be able to keep your integrity as a, as a uh, fantasy manager, if you will. But I blew it. Up. I took High Sung Kim in my first pick. That was dumb, and uh, I, I don't hate that. The, I don't hate the idea. I don't hate the idea though. Uh, and international, older international players that come from Japan or Cuba, um, if you look historically over the past decade, are some of the best returns on investment in first year player drafts. So um, Jose Abreu, Yuli Gurriel. A um, couple Japanese pitchers that are escaping me right now, but they're in my research. Um, a guy wound up closing for the Cardinals. Um, uh, anyway, I don't think it's well. Otani, Otani's another. So it's it's <laughs> yeah. it's not a bad idea to take an older, more established international player. Um, it just happens. I took Shogo Akiyama. Pretty oh high. yeah, because I thought. Oh, he had playing time, and he can run. He can get on base. So, um, yeah, and from the jump, it was an issue for him. Yeah, I don't hate the thought process. Sometimes it's just hard to know how well the guy's game is going to translate, and maybe it takes a year or two. That's true too. I'm not. I'm not giving up on him just yet. The Padres were a mess. They kind of fell apart last year. Maybe they should have played Kim more. Huh? I don't know. Jasper wants to know Taj Bradley. Is he Cronenworth? Yeah, yeah. There's Cronen. Yeah, they got all- He got Cronen bonered. <laughs> So bonered. That's <laughs> that's true. That is kind of true. I, I I guess you're right about that. I, I considered being Cronin bonered myself, but then I decided to not let that happen to me. Uh, Jasper wants to know quickly. Taj Bradley going to be decent enough to grab up early. Taj Bradley. Yeah, that's it. And so, like, if you're in a supplemental draft where you can take guys that are already in the minors, I do like the idea of taking somebody like Bradley who's further along. And uh, maybe isn't pitching in the majors next year, but should debut by 2023 because he's just so much closer. Uh, I think Taj can be good pitcher, a good major league pitcher. Um, I would just be, I would make sure that you're not paying for like the ERA because if you look some of the at some of the underlying stuff, for example, I think the last few years he's had really good BABIPs for him, and so that's due to pull back toward 300 which should make the ERA climb up to where the FIP's at, which might be closer to like three and a half or four versus I think he was like sub two last year. So he might not be a true talent sub 2.0 ERA pitcher, I guess is my point. How dare you, Phil? That is blasphemy here. No, actually, that's fine. Anything Phil says, I'm pretty much down with. So you do like him, though, overall. Yeah, for sure. Okay, And he's in Tampa. Tampa has got a really good track record with bringing up pitchers, so. Oh, Marty wants to know. Marty's a Tigers homer. Go Tigers. And, uh, yeah, we're Tigers homers here. So we're me and Phil. That's what we do here. It's fine. 
Phil, who is the number one prospect on the Tigers organization right now? We've had this discussion several times last year. It's 2022. Let's have it again because we're going to be talking about it more and more. Riley Green or Spencer Torkelson? I think it's, man, and it's tough because you got to say, like, is this for uh, fantasy or is this for real real life? Um, so, <laughs> like, Let's go fantasy. Riley, Let's go fantasy. Yeah, for fantasy, Torkelson's my dude. I think he is for real life, too. I just think he's, we've talked about it before on the show. I just think he's going to hit. He's hit everywhere. Even, like, when he started out very cold, um, at the beginning of the year last year, it didn't last very long. He just snapped back into form, and he really, he really hit. The guy's got a mm-hmm. great approach at the plate. He can punish. Mis- at the very least, he's a guy that can get on base and punish mistakes. And you can make a major league career out of just that. <laughs> and why is it Riley? There's a big. They're saying here. Yeah, it's a big push. <laughs> Marty says there's a big push for Green lately over Torkelson. And this is the current state of affairs yeah. right now. It feels like Torque is slipping. Is jumping in. Yeah. Well, so, all right. <laughs> dangly pants. You're gonna... Dangly pants. Woo! Yes, we love dangly pants. You're the best, dangly. The elite tier of fantasy hitters, you got to do one of two things. You gotta either have to be able to, on top of hitting for like a 300 average, which I think both guys are capable of doing, given the right bad luck. Then the next thing you got to be able to do is either hit about 50 home runs or you have to have the skill to have like 60 combined home runs and stolen bases, if that makes sense. So you could be like uh, like Charlie Blackman had one $40 season in which I believe he stole about uh, 40 bases, hit about 320, and hit about 20 home runs. So Green might be the kind of like the opposite of that where – Maybe he could put a year together where he hits 40 home runs, steals 20 bags, uh, and hits over 300. Wow. But Torkelson hits over 300 and, you know, 50 home runs, and he's hitting fourth in the order. So over 100 runs, 100 RBIs. I just think Torkelson's path to that top tier is easier than Green's, in my, in my opinion, from looking at it. But it's tough. It's a tough, tough decision. Green of and Green probably have the better real life, you know, ceiling because of his ability to be more valuable defensively for the Tigers and maybe even handling center field in that yeah. big ballpark. That's Until a key distinction. In or whatever they're talking about. Oh, who knows what ball they're using? You're saying 50 home runs for Torkelson. If they're using mm-hmm. a certain ball, it's very likely. Right. But if they're using right. another ball, then it's very unlikely. You just never know. And, Uh, All right, we don't have time to talk about that because this is where the show ends. We say 30 minutes or less, and that's it, guys. And, you know, some people want us to change, and they want more, but we'll give you more. It'll just be on the next episode. Some things are important to us that we do what we say, yeah, and we try to be authentic and genuine and give you as much information as we can, and then we get on with our life. And you want me to change? Fuck you! Not going to happen, apparently. But, you know, there it is. So thank you for joining us, everybody. We had some great... We started a little slow, but we picked up some tremendous steam here to close out the show yes. with some great comments. Dangly Pants uh, loves green as the shiny new toy, which is probably true. And Christian says that potential 5-2 player in Riley, that's yes. what gives him the edge. Yes. And the feeling is mutual from Dangly Pants. The love is real. So thank you, Dangly Pants. Always great to have new people on the show. That's why we do this. It gives us the fuel we need. So thank you all. Thank, of course, to Phil. Follow Phil on Twitter. Phil loves sports. P-H-I-L. 
and let's do what Phil said. Let's do the yeah, active tag engagement. us during the week, and yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so let's I'm not do that looking on up Austin Hendrick on the fly next time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I could have helped Phil out and said something before the show, but every once in a while, it's fun to throw a bone and see what happens. And he passed with flying colors. So thanks, everybody. Plausible yeah. podcast on Twitter: two L's, two Utah. Z's. Give me two, and that'll do it for us. I'm MJ Govier, and we'll catch. You. I'll be back by the way at seven o'clock for another full episode, the first full episode yeah, of 2021. Get back in here. 2021, I already made that mistake. 2022 with Austin Byler, mental health advocate, former minor leaguer in the Diamondback system. I wonder what Very Phil cool. would have had to say about Austin Byler's minor league career. Who knows? Maybe he wrote about him somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And either way, it it's going to be fun. It's also going to be informative. It's going to be a great show. So thanks, everybody. Come back at Very 7. Cool. If you can't ever be here live, you can watch these anytime on our YouTube channel. See ya! The power of prospects is a curious thing. Make a person trade. Sometimes, but it might just save your life. That's the power of prospects. That's the power of prospects. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.